for the first time since April 2022, 101 games later, the Devils got shut out by the Detroit Red Wings. Not a good showing, especially if they want to try to turn their season around while they still got the chance. There's no excuse. We have a lot to break down today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, College Hockey Club and Play Announcer, Dell's Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. Okay, so first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving time here in America, and usually around this time, we gather with friends and family around the table with the turkey at the center, and we basically go around and share what we're thankful for, what we're blessed for in our lives. Well, I'll tell you something I was not thankful for, which was the previous outing by the New Jersey Devils in which they came out on the losing end by a score of four to nothing. So for the first time in 101 games, the Devils got shut out. And ironically, the last team to shut them out prior to this performance was, oh, the Red Wings. So we have a lot to talk about in today's episode because obviously some sort of change is needed, whether it's defensively, goaltending wise, we're going to discuss more about that in segment two. So segment one, we're going to focus on the game in general, some of my main takeaways. And then once again, once we get to segment two, we'll look at some of the issues that obviously need to be worked on for the Devils, because it seems like they're trying to rock with the same thing and expect a different outcome. But obviously, these past few weeks have not gone their way, and they really need to change it around quickly before it's too late. And then in the third and final segment, even though I don't want to, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So before we talk more about this game, here's some interesting tidbits about the Red Wings. So they are currently fifth in the Atlantic Division. They have a mediocre defensive unit. They allowed Alex Lyon to shut them out. And Lyon only saw 16 shots, and not many of them were grade-A chances. And with all due respect to Lyon, he is not a Vezda-caliber goalie because Going into this season, he only played in 39 NHL games. Now, once again, I'm not trying to slander him in any which sort of way. And he did perform somewhat decent with the Florida Panthers during the regular season last year. Playoffs, a little bit of a different story. But Lyon is not the guy to basically be brisking his way to a shutout. I think a lot of people can agree with that. And Ryan Novosinski of NJ.com, he was actually sick and he had to uh, sit out for the game. But he made a joke on the X app saying that first period made him sick uh, even more. And I'm perfectly healthy, but I agree with Novo. Watching that first period made me sick to my stomach because within the final few minutes of that period, you just knew the Devils weren't going to win because what happened, they allowed the Red Wings to score three unanswered goals. So the point I'm just trying to make is that I'm not, once again, I'm not trying to slander anybody or anything of that nature. And the Devils right now aren't a really good team, but they made the Red Wings look good. Like the Red Wings aren't really a, a team that strikes that much fear into you. But yet, somehow, some way, the Devils made the Red Wings seem like they were a playoff caliber team, which 
They very much might be because it's still very early in the season, but where, where the Red Wings are at right now, the Devils should not be dominated in that sort of fashion. So when we look at the final first period, what were some of the mistakes that the Devils have been making? It's something that I've been preaching on this show the last few weeks, and I'm getting sick and tired of repeating myself. So Lucas Raymond, he scored the first goal of the game for the Red Wings. And what happened? It was a two-on-one odd man rush. And basically that was the death in the coffin for the Devils because as soon as they let up that first goal, it was just a snowball effect because moments later, Dylan Larkin was able to score on a defensive end turnover by the Devils. They were unable to try to get it down to the other side of the rink. And that came back to buy him. Okay, it's 2 nothing, Not too bad. But how does Murphy's Law goes, which is anything that can go wrong can go wrong. And that's exactly what happened to the Devils. Because a few moments after that, the Fabry scored the third goal of the game for the Red Wings. And what happened to fully turn the puck over in neutral ice? 3 nothing, And you just knew that the Devils weren't going to win that game. Because as the game progressed, the Devils had no sense of urgency. They had no firepower. And it seemed like there was no positive takeaways from this game. The offense wasn't there. The defense wasn't there. The goaltending wasn't there. The coaching execution was not there. And then to add insult to injury, that wasn't the last goal that the Devils let up because in period two, Mo Sider, while on the power play, he was able to score because the Devils weren't able to corral the rebound and try to blast the puck down to the other side of the rink when the clock was winding down for the Red Wings while they were on the power play. So Mo Sider got another chance to try to redeem himself, and he made it for nothing. And at that very moment, the game was over for New Jersey. So once again, I am tired of repeating myself. So like when we look at those four goals, two-on-one odd man rush, two turnovers, rebound control, something needs to change for the Devils because obviously something is not working. And I think the main problem is, is that Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy Ruff, they're trying to rock with the same thing that was working for them last year and also early on in the season, but it's not panning out for them. Obviously, the Devils are spiraling right now, and they better hope that this is their rock bottom because this is American Thanksgiving time, which, once again, this is around the time period where we start to separate the contenders from the pretenders, and that's when you start to get into a rhythm, you start to settle in, and where you're positioning in uh, your respective division, it starts to matter that much more. Now, I don't want to hit the panic button quite yet, and I'll talk more about that in segment three, but this game is the epitome of rock bottom for the Devils. They can go nowhere but up, and obviously the schedule still falls into their favor, but they got to turn it around quickly because don't look now, the Islanders beat the Flyers, and now the Devils are second from last in the Metropolitan Division. So... Hello, darkness, my old friend. Devil's got to turn this around quickly. And I'm, I'm trying not to go on a rant. I'm trying to be as rational as I possibly can. But the facts are there, which was this game just wasn't it for the Devils in any particular category. I'm struggling to take any sort of positive aspects away from this game. And Bill Spaulding and Cam Danico acknowledged it on air, which was the Devils just need something to go their way so that way they can at least have that positive takeaway going into the next matchup. But once again, there were no positive aspects. So 
We're going to transition to what changes need to be made for the Devils momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about BetterHelp. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find the bright spots this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get a 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, let's look at some of the changes that need to be made for the Devils. And I wrote down a pretty lengthy list. So let's begin with the 11-7 to lineup because obviously that worked in the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins because the Devils won in dominating fashion despite missing Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Timo Meyer. And my educated guess is that Lindy Ruff is going to roll with 11-7 to lineups until Nico Heischer is fully back from injury. Now, I get the mindset, which is it did work out really well for the Devils against Pittsburgh, but their last couple games against the Rangers and also the Red Wings have not been pretty. They need to stop with that. You need to make Brendan Smith a healthy scratch. I know he is one of the few aggressive players out there. I know he's pretty decent on the PK, but go back to 12 to 6 lineup. I I, I think that's going to be better help for the Devils. And then let's transition to the offense, because according to Pucks and Pitchforks, which is the site that I work at, at one point during the game, according to Natural Stat Trick, the Devils had 25 chances so far this game, and one of them was a high danger chance. Not only is the defense and goaltending doing nothing, but the offense hasn't done a lick to make Lyon uncomfortable. They had three days without a game. What happened there? So, as I said, as the game progressed, the Devils just looked a lot slower. And it was at the hands of the Detroit Red Wings because the blocks category will tell the story. The the Red Wings thrashed the Devils in that category because Candanico acknowledged it on air, which was it seemed like the Red Wings, they were clogging up a lot of those lanes for Devils. They couldn't pass. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't try to penetrate and collapse the defense because the Red Wings were there at the right possible time. And once again, like I said in segment one, The Red Wings are not that good of a team, but the Devils made them look good. And it starts off with the lack of offensive execution. And once again, it's hard to like have some sort of momentum. It's hard to have some sort of passion when you go down three nothing very early in the game. Because like I said in a previous segment, which was this game was pretty much over after period one, because you knew that the Devils weren't going to win this game because they cannot continue to go down early and try to amount a comeback. Teams are scouting the Devils a lot better, and that's sort of going to transition into my next talking point, which is courtesy of Annika Johnson, who is a friend of the show. She is a young and upcoming journalist for Jersey Sports News. Once again, she is very young, but she her hockey IQ is through the roof. So she put this out on the X app. She said, most teams have learned how to beat the Devils, a 1-3-1 neutral zone defense, check hard, Devils are a soft team, and stay out of the box. Devils have no four-check game, and oppositions limit their speed. Devils get one shot off, and the puck is immediately going back the other way. Defense, when pinching, has no back coverage, so opposition take risks and leads to too many odd man rushes. That is coaching's fault. They won't change their game, and the rest of the NHL learned it. Annika, gold star for you, A+. 
you hit the nail on the head. And I think you summed it up better than a lot of Devils discourse, which is the Devils are not changing their game plan and they're expecting a different outcome. But the reality of it is, and this has been heavily talked about during the offseason, which is the Devils are no longer an underdog team. Now that that uh, they had that successful historic season, teams are going to be gunning for them. They're going to be more prepared for them. They're going to be more prepared for Jack Hughes. They're going to be more prepared for Nico Heischer. They're going to be more prepared for Jesper Bratt. In this game for Jack Hughes, I'd say it was arguably his worst performance of the season because the, the Red Wings remembered what Jack Hughes did to them first game of the year because Jack Hughes scored two goals in period two, which led the Devils to the home opener victory. And the Red Wings were more prepared for him, which is don't let him get off and running. And this is the same issue that got the Devils eliminated in round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs at the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes because the Hurricanes, once again, were pretty shorthanded. But what did they do, especially in games one and two? They forechecked the hell out of the Devils because they know the Devils, with for lack of a better term, are not that physical of a team. Now, obviously, once they get Timo Meyer back, that's going to help in some sort of aspect because no one's going to bully Timo Meyer, him being a big power forward. But once again, it's like as long as teams just forecheck and they play somewhat hard, they know that they can basically cough up those turnovers, force the Devils to ice the puck, take away their running and passing lanes, and it's going to be an easy victory for them. Because once again, the Devils made the Red Wings look like a playoff caliber team right there. And I don't know what, what the state of the Red Wings are in right now, but like I said, fifth in the Atlantic, I'd say they're middle of the pack. They're nowhere near to being like a top contender in the NHL. But yet the Devils were just outwitted and they were outplayed by that Red Wings team who put up one hell of an effort. So Annika is absolutely right, which is the Devils are just too soft of a team and they're not going to change their game plan. And more teams are prepared for that because when we go back to some of those goals that they let up, Tyler Toffoli had a neutral zone turnover. What did the Red Wings do? They basically hounded the Devils and played somewhat physical so that way the Devils could cough up the puck. And the Devils weren't able to get off and running. And that's what Cam Danico and Bill Spaulding brought up on air, which was basically there were no passing lanes. There were no shooting lanes. There were no open lanes for the Devils to operate on. So, Annika, once again, gold star for you. Glad you were on my show. You are on your way, kid. Very smart analysis. And then I think the biggest elephant in the room is goaltending because Vitek Vanacek, I have done my best to be as patient with him as possible. He got off to a pretty decent start to the season, but it's been all downhill for him. And it seems like he's spiraling out of control because in 13 game appearances, he has a record of seven and five. He has a save percentage of 886 and a goals against average of 3.43. And then when we look at some other advanced analytics, when we look at his goals against, he has a rating of 32.2. When we look at his goal saved above expected, he has a rating of minus 3.8. So Vitek Vanacek right now is in the bottom tier compared to other NHL goalies. And now it raises the important question, which is where do the devils go from here? Well, I know the market is pretty thin. I know Tom Fitzgerald says that he's waiting until like after the 20 five game mark to see if he needs to make a move but if this game was any indicator a move is desperately needed because Vitek Vanacek I love him and all he's a fan favorite he was really uh well for the Devils last year he was the first Devils goalie since Martin Brodeur to put up 30 plus wins but we saw this coming towards the end of last season when he was pretty inconsistent and then it was on full display in the playoffs and now it's on bigger display uh to start off the season 
Vitek Vanacek, and I guess is why the Washington Capitals were so willing to get rid of him. I guess he's not that guy anymore. He is just struggling. He has shown no signs of improvement. And I know that Lindy Ruff is just basically trying to see if he could get into a groove because I don't think they want to rush Akira Schmidt into anything. But Vitek Vanacek is just not that guy. And I think he should just stick to being a backup, if that. And now for Akira Schmidt, it's like, I know a lot of you think that he is the future. And trust me, I, I see the potential in Akira Schmidt. But the problem I'm having with Akira is that I don't want to put too much pressure on him this early in his career. Because remember the last few young goalies that the Devils had, and they basically thrusted them into big roles. So I think back to Corey Schneider. I think back to Mackenzie Blackwood. That didn't really pan out too well with them. So I think the Devils are just trying to learn their lesson from their past few uh, failed experiments. And uh, the Devils might have no choice but to thrust Akira Schmidt into that starter's role. I know that the Devils are about to play back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday, but I wouldn't be against uh, starting Akira for both those games, depending on how the outcome of both those matchups go. So yeah, the Devils are right now, uh, they need a lot of help. They need more physicality on the defensive side of things. Brendan Smith cannot continue to be in the lineup. The 11-7 to lineup combination is not working. And the last thing I want to talk about is the power play. So I know I critiqued uh, Paul Bizonet uh, a few episodes back saying like, yeah, the Devils thrive on the power play, but they're just playing to their strengths. Well, like Annika said, if teams stay out of the penalty box, then the Devils are a very vulnerable team because they struggle five on five. And we saw this on full display against the Red Wings because I don't think the Devils got their first power play opportunity until, what, like period three? So it's just like you can't keep relying on the power play to try to get you out of a pickle. You can't be using that as your main source of scoring. You got to be able to score five on five. Once again, I'm glad the Devils are still atop of the NHL in power play numbers, but you you can't be uh, just relying on that. And I, I hate to admit it, but Biz was right, which was without the power play, the Devils probably have a worse record than what they show. And uh, I know a lot of people were getting a lot of slander for basically agreeing with them. And I know I disagreed with them. I said, I still think the Devils are a good team. They just like to play to their strengths. But once again, teams are not going to give Devils power play opportunities. That's probably one of the main focal points during film session, which is keep the Devils out of the power play. Do not go to the box and they'll be just fine. So, yeah, once again, I know it's mostly been negative takeaways, but that's all I can really give you for this type of performance. So I think like a lot of you, I sort of need a break from the Devils. And obviously the holiday season can kind of get my mind off of it until the Devils get their act together before we get out of here and before i compare the final stats let me tell you guys about the sleeper app because i am in the midst of my fantasy football season but let's talk some nhl so the nhl season brings all sorts of possibilities so jack hughes could score 50 goals the devils could hoist the stanley cup maybe not this year but sometime down the road and you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper the official daily fantasy app of locked on nhl so sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. So you don't just have to do uh, NHL. You can also uh, participate daily fantasy in football, basketball, baseball, college football on Sleeper. All you have to do is pick like studs, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, I guess not Vitek Vanacek, who will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in any given game to win 100 times bet. On Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. 
You heard me, Devils fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fancy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and also locational availability. All right. So while we're on the subject of making some extra money, let me lead you over to FanDuel. So fans can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. I really don't want to do this, but I sort of have to because this is what I do for every post-game recap. So let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and let's get the F out of here. So shots on goal differential. 28 to 16 in favor of the Red Wings. Face-off percentage, dead even, 50% apiece. Power play, Devils were 0 for 2. Red Wings were 1 for 4. Hits, 12 apiece, even. Blocks, 20 to 8 in favor of the Red Wings. Once again, they were clogging up a lot of those passing and shooting lanes for the Devils. And for the first time in 101 games, the Devils got shut out. So... Once again, this was rock bottom for New Jersey. If I had to give them a letter grade, I think it's no surprise. I'm going to have to give them an F. This was pathetic, beyond pathetic. It's not like this was like the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights or something like that. This was a a team that was fifth in the Atlantic, and you let Alex Lyon shut you out, and you didn't even make them look uh, uncomfortable out there. That is just a piss poor effort by New Jersey. The only positive thing I could take away from is that I kind of like the black helmets and and white uniforms, but I don't think the Devils are going to wear them again because they played their worst game of the season. And we all know how uh, superstitions work in hockey. So once again, there was a uniform change, and I guess the Devils are now allowed to wear uh, black helmets as long as the opposing team isn't wearing uh, black helmets. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, this game was just an absolute gong show for New Jersey. And a lot of people are wondering, is it time to hit the panic button? I'm going to say I have my hand hovering over it. The next two games should fall into the favor of the Devils. I'm I'm somewhat confident. They got the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are dead last in the Metro. Then you got the Buffalo Sabres. Depending on how those two games go, I say the Devils can turn their season around because, once again, the next few weeks for them, I, I don't think they're facing, like, anyone who would strike fear into you. And – I know the Devils aren't a good team for a time being, but they just have so much untapped potential. Nico Heischer should return at any given moment. But the thing is, is like, even if Nico was there, I don't know how much of a difference he would make. I was, I guess, wrong in my prediction uh, yesterday saying that uh, I would expect a different sense of urgency for Devils despite him just being in the dressing room. But ultimately, my hand is hovering over the panic button, and I think Tom Fitzgerald needs to get onto those phone lines and see – what kind of trades or deals he could work out because right now the devils are in desperation mode and they need to claw their way back up top those standings before it gets too late. Because once again, late November, this is the part of the season where things start to settle a little bit more case in point last year, devils went on a 13 game win streak in, in November mostly. And then December they had their worst month, but they were still atop of the Metro because they had points to play with. 
different story this year. So that's my thing. And that's all the time I have for you guys. So let me know what you guys thought about the uh, piss poor effort from the Devils in this game. What did you think about the Red Wings? What did you also see that probably didn't help the Devils? Curious your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMap4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. And once again, that's all the time I have for you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. And the next couple games, I will be at the Prudential Center. So don't be afraid to say hi. I will catch you guys later.